0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Stuff We Love podcast. On this episode, we are pleased to be joined by a special guest who will talk about her work as a makeup artist, discuss some concert memories, and as always, we will conclude with the stuff we love. Let's meet the host. I'm Joe. I'm Scott. I'm Neil. And you're listening to the Stuff We Love podcast. Welcome to Stuff We Love podcast.
1: We are pleased to be joined tonight by a very special guest. She's a friend of the show and a wonderful person. Gina, welcome to the show.
2: Hello. Thank you for having me. Welcome, Gina.
3: Welcome. (laughs) Gina, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Okay. Um, Well... As you know now, I'm a makeup artist, but freelance, um, which means, you know, I just get to go around and do beautiful women's makeup for models and weddings and stuff like that. And the other thing I love besides makeup is music, as you guys know, because that's what we always talk about when I see you guys, always music. So those are my top two favorite things in the world that I love to do besides working at a pizzeria. (laughs)
3: Very nice, very nice. Very excited to ask you some
1: questions about everything you just mentioned.
3: Okay. Neil, take it away. Why don't you ask the first question of the evening?
1: Okay, the first question that I have for you, Gina. The first thing I recall hearing or learning about makeup was from Full House when Rebecca Donaldson told DJ, the key to wearing makeup is to make it seem like you are not wearing any at all. Does this still hold up today, maybe for certain occasions? And it seems like makeup has really developed into a form of artistic expression now as well. If you could take that, that'd be great.
2: Okay, so that's hysterical and totally true, actually. Um, What they taught us in school was like the number one makeup look that sells is like a no makeup makeup look. So make it look like you're not wearing anything, but have a full face on. That was like the number one practice in school. And they always told you to make sure you had multiple pictures of that on your website because that's what everybody wants. And that's where you're going to make your most money. So it's totally true. Uh, But nowadays, as you see, like, Instagram is kind of taking over. So you got, like, the full, like, eyebrow and, like, dark eye, dark lip thing, contour and all that. But that's not – those girls aren't making money off of that. That's just a trend. The no-makeup makeup makeup look is the money, if that makes sense.
1: Really? So it does hold up uh, all these years. That is still the –
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Gina. That's great.
2: Yeah.
0: So, Gina – Let me ask you a question. Speaking of Instagram, I was looking, I looked at your Instagram. You have some great pictures of makeup on there. Um, Do you think that Instagram has changed the way you and and your clients talk about makeup and like what you're looking for?
2: A hundred percent. So now that I'm working at Sephora, actually, one of the things they told us was that Instagram is our worst enemy (laughs) because everyone will come in and they'll be like, I want to look like this or I want that lipstick or I want that the way she does her eyebrows. And it's like, ugh, because that's not how I specifically like to do it. Because um, I like to look a little bit more on the natural side, whereas in okay. like Instagram is, you know, really intense, as you've probably seen. So it definitely changes changes the world of makeup. Changes the way that girls talk to me about makeup. They're always like, "I want to look like her or that or this." Right. Yeah, it yeah. definitely changes changes everything.
1: Scott, do you have a question you'd like to ask? Uh,
3: yes, I, I wanted to ask Gina when she knew she wanted to become a makeup artist.
2: It's a weird question for me because I never know the answer to it, because I don't know if you guys know, but I went to school like for three years, like college,
1: mm-hmm.
2: because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. So I never really like I always knew when I was younger that I wanted to do something in cosmetology. Um, but then I just thought, well, it's not a career. You know, there wasn't like a moment that was like, oh, my God, I saw something and was like, this is it. It was just like I always wanted to do it kind of. And then I just thought, well, you can't make a career out of it. So I went to college and tried to do that. And that didn't work. And I said, you know what, I'm getting old. Time to do something for myself. Screw this. I'm just gonna do it and see what happens. And that's what I do.
1: Awesome. Uh, if we could keep going on the round table, I've got a bunch. Um, <laughs> uh, first one might be actually. It could be a very quick question. Um, there's a trend in makeup that I'm not a fan of, and I'm, I'm I have no problem saying it on on air right here. It's very popular, particularly at music festivals, and on the runways today. I can see by Gina's facial expression she might know where I'm going already with this. And this trend that I'm not a fan of is glitter, including it's gone to such extreme now that there are glitter tongues as a trend. I didn't and know I that. Be safe, and I've read articles backing that theory up. What are your thoughts on glitter as a makeup trend, and am I alone, or uh, or do you agree with that?
2: Okay, so I don't know if I'm allowed to like say this, but we call glitter the herpes of makeup,
0: <laughs> because
2: oh. we love it.
0: It never goes away.
2: But you can't get it out of anything, and it never exactly. It never goes away. Like if you use glitter on someone, it's in your makeup kit. Like you have to like deep clean every brush. You literally have to take a brush that you use and throw it out. You'll never be able to use it for anything else. Like, I tried using glitter. I love glitter. I love it. I love it. I love it. But it's yeah. Like I said, it's, it's a pain. But highlight and glitter are two different things. So you might be you could also be confusing them a little bit. Because that's also a huge trend in festivals and on the runway, too. Oh, okay. Highlight is, like, a type of glitter, I guess you can say. Like, it's very shiny. It's very bright. And we usually put it, like, in this area or, like, in, like, the corner of our eyes. I'm saying this area like people can see what I'm talking about. Your cheek bones. Cheeks, yep. And, uh, yeah, so that's, like, another thing that's taking over. But it's not as loose and it's not falling everywhere like glitter does. But I love glitter. Okay, okay.
0: so, Gina, uh, I have a question. How do you get your jobs as a freelance makeup artist? Like, how does that, you know, you just mentioned work uh, Work for The Runway, work for Sephora. How do you move from job to job? How does that work?
2: Well, for me, lucky enough, the school I went to, so I went Los Angeles to school, but they also have one in New York. And part of the reason I picked that specific school was because they have a thing called, um, well, they have career services, and they have a website called My Jobs. And you go on there and they get people who send them jobs constantly. So you just go on there and you can apply. That's how I've gotten most of the jobs that I've gotten. Um, and then from there, you get jobs. Like from being at those jobs, people will remember you and they'll ask you to join them in the future. That's how I got to Italy.
0: Explain a little bit about Italy for the, for the listeners who don't know. What, do you, what are you talking about?
2: Okay, so I went to um, Milan Fashion Week. And the reason I got that opportunity was because I got a job for... New York Fashion Week through my school's job board. Okay. And then I ended up meeting the founder of the company that we were doing makeup under. And he just, like, loved me and was like, why don't you come to Milan and do Fashion Week in Milan? And it was it's kind of all about who you know and, like, the connections that you make that really get your career going. Because in the beginning, it's really hard. Like, I can't – and a lot of girls do Craigslist, but Craigslist is really, really dangerous for makeup. Mm -hmm. It's really dangerous. Because a lot of those people know, you know, you're going to do it for free or you're going to do it for nothing and you'll go with them, like you'll go for anything and then, you know, you end up getting in a trap and it ends up being something else. So I try to avoid Craigslist and just do my job board for now. Okay. Um, But that's the main way I do it. And like I said, you just have to know people. It's
0: all about knowing people. and So a lot of it is self-marketing and uh, promotion and everything like that.
2: Yes, definitely. Yeah.
0: Wow. Cool.
3: I was going to ask uh, Gina, what celebrities uh, she admires for their use of makeup?
2: Oh, Lady Gaga. Is Lady like Gaga, number- okay. Is what <laughs> Lady Gaga is like my my number one right now. I mean, even though I know she's taking her hiatus, but um, oh, I love her makeup. And I know it's not her. Well, she collabs with her makeup artist. Her makeup artist is super talented and works so hard. Like, you don't even know. I watched her documentary and um, I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys into lady gaga born
0: she... this way of course so
2: yeah so i watched it and like watching the makeup artist is like doing makeup in the hospital i mean in the doctor's office with her while she's like but anyways so lady gaga's makeup is like incredible and i love it and it's always like something extreme and then you could go like someone more who just like wears like a softer like Blake lively she always just looks beautiful and she nice. never does anything to look but she has makeup on and she just looks gorgeous so i like
1: both of them like two opposite uh well uh, i have to say uh, i'm gonna second uh, what joe mentioned earlier uh your instagram account your work is really awesome across the board there every single thing that uh you posted there it's actually really awesome to look at and see what you've done uh now I, aside from just the the fashion makeup and and that you also did some awesome work and like horror special effects style work and that was super cool to see uh so my question there is, do you have a favorite horror movie or uh, a movie that if you could choose to do uh, special effects for uh, or a genre or anything like that, which would it be? Uh?
2: Well, I do have a favorite horror movie, The Shining.
3: Oh. That,
2: that's my absolute favorite. That's um, a great though, pick.
3: Great yeah, choice.
2: Yeah. Even though, like, for what you've seen in my special effects, you've seen, like, my full mask, like, pig mm-hmm. face thing probably and, like, that kind yep. of stuff. That wouldn't really go so much in The Shining, but they have a lot of things that you don't even, people don't realize they're actually doing makeup to make these people look the way that they look. Like it is considered special effects. Like when Jack goes crazy, like mm-hmm. he starts to look like he's losing his mind. Like that's special effects makeup. Yeah. Because you have to make him look like he's strung out and everything like that. Right. That's, that's considered special character makeup, Is considered. Awesome. Um, like- so that'd, be, that'd be my favorite movie. Yeah, definitely, Harmony.
1: Oh, that's uh, excellent pick. Excellent pick. You know what movie I was thinking about because I love the movie so much and I was thinking about the makeup in that was the Crow. And the makeup in that was really it's memorable. It, it leaves an impact
3: on you. You know what else had a great makeup in a horror movie was Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, yeah, Lucy. Lucy and it, it, the way it, Dracula yeah, looked at the beginning, that was that's great use of makeup in horror.
2: I love old horror movies because you like Frankenstein, like the mm. first Frankenstein, because to because I know the history behind it now from being at school and like the people that I my instructors, like my one instructor, his dad, like created most of the horror movies out there. So he knows a lot of backstory that you would never know. And right. so he told us about it. it's just crazy to see how like it's you guys wouldn't really know, but to see how the makeup has changed from then to now, like the prosthetics now are so lightweight, there's like nothing to them, it's crazy how like they transfer straight to your skin and then like Frankenstein, like it was like this heavy box that they were like putting on, It was it's just nuts, I don't know yeah. it's really yeah. cool, that's why I like to see the transformation from back then to like now but so we're that, still pretty much good. using the same techniques.
3: So I think that was Jack it's, Pierce but I remember reading or hearing that Boris Karloff had to sit in the makeup chair for like f- five hours a day or something like that just yeah, to look like Frankenstein.
2: And, and to be honest, it's still like that kind of for people um i know we're getting like cgi's taking over a lot of it um uh, but you'd be surprised that like a lot of these guys are still going through that like in all those new like um, avengers and all that stuff they're still going through hours of makeup chairs just to get all that prosthetics put on them and all the color and everything it's it's nuts and it's amazing to have someone that's willing to i don't know you guys seen the grinch right yeah, sure. yeah. so obviously jim carrey that's all prosthetics that's a full his whole body suit and everything and they were doing it in um hollywood at Mm -hmm. universal in the middle of the summer so it was like 100 degrees outside and he actually had like a mental breakdown at one point he ripped his prosthetic nose off and like flipped out and they ended up having to like sit him down have a long talk with him because it's hundreds of dollars and like you know, he was just like I couldn't take it anymore from all of the constant like putting this right. makeup on him every single day, and it's like so it's hard to find a person who's going to sit there and put up with it.
1: Well, Gina, and- that's what makes us on the podcast so special. We do go through that every time we
0: have to talk. <laughs> <up. laughs> we struggle. Gina, <laughs> Gina did all of our makeup before the show. Yeah, clearly,
2: <laughs> yeah, really, I didn't even barely do my own. Though, it's okay.
3: <laughs>
0: Joe, I think you got the next question, my friend. So, Gina, have there been any requests from friends or people that you know who do make up for um, to go to music festivals, to go to to go to special events like that? Um, anything like that? I
2: haven't really been asked too much because I was gone for a lot of the time. Um, once I went to you know, I was away in California for school and stuff like that. And since you've been back, there hasn't really been any music festivals going on. I get asked to do wedding. A lot of people who are like going to weddings, like not in weddings, but like I have doing a couple of weddings coming up for friends that are going to weddings my i did one music festival actually when i first got back i did a couple of girls with a lot of glitter (laughs) (laughs) um that was that was for izu
0: okay
2: Um, yeah Yeah, i mean everyone always says halloween everybody asked me i got so many text messages for halloween it was crazy and i was working so i couldn't even like do half of it i only did a couple of people but um yeah so i guess yeah
0: how long does it take to do each person's makeup like that for Halloween or whatever it is?
2: It depends on what it is. Um, we are trained to do, like, a full face, like, makeup in 30 minutes. But when it comes to Halloween, if I don't have the look, like, if I haven't practice it, if it's not something that I know that I am I can do, then it might take longer. So and it just depends on what entails. Like, if there's going to be a prosthetic for, like, Halloween, if they're going to have a prosthetic entailed or not, like, the gluing and everything like that, it'll take longer. But wow. it just... It all depends on the look.
0: So you have to have a lot of patience for that when you're sitting there with these people for so long.
2: Yeah, they (laughs) have to have a lot of patience. Honestly, it's all about the, I think it's all about the model. Like they, because if they don't have patience or they're like texting or they're like lost, it, it makes it a lot harder for everyone. So, Neil? Sorry,
1: I have another question. Um, at first, my next question was uh, I, I listed several presidents to see which one you'd want to do makeup on the most, um, but then I decided to expand it and ask you if there's any historical figure you could choose to do makeup for. Wow. Who would it be? And I know, like, I was thinking about even breaking that down. I mean, you have actresses like Elizabeth Taylor and Grace Kelly, and I'm sure like Audrey Hepburn and Marilyn Monroe. But true. then I kind of really want to go into real historical figures outside the movie world as well. So maybe we can have two answers.
0: Do the uh, Oompa Loompas count? Or
2: anything <laughs> like them. that. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I have met them. So, uh, an Loom, No, two oompa loompas. I've met. Just saying. Wait, wait, uh, ho-
3: hold on. Time out. Are two of the episode you coming met up. two oompa loompas?
2: <laughs> yeah, but I don't know who they were. Like, I would know if I saw them. But I don't know. Like,
0: how did that happen?
2: But it's. I. You know who else I met? Batman. Adam West. Adam West. Yeah. Adam West. <laughs> Adam West. Is
1: that your answer for the historical
2: figure? You know. That, you know who? <laughs> yes. Is this West. at a
3: convention? I believe that is Chiller Theater you're referencing.
2: There, you know, I don't know. Definitely
0: <laughs> Chiller Theater.
2: He like Every... called. He called down like from his room, and you know it always says like their name on the caller ID. But when I heard his voice, it was like, whoa. I was like, wow. I know. <laughs> like it went through my body. It sounded. So ch- shit.
0: This changes everything right now. That's amazing. Uh-oh. If I could ask you wait, about wait, it. Wait, wait. Because... I don't think Gina,
2: we haven't heard our answer
3: yet. What is no? Who
2: didn't answer it actually? Yes. Um, who do you want to do makeup for? Well. Natalie Wood, but that's a celebrity. Natalie oh, Wood, wow, if nice. I would wow. have loved I mean I, I would have loved to do makeup on her and I still wanna know all the answers to that. That's sure. a whole other story. Um, and I don't know, historical figure. Well, my brother always talks about George Washington. Okay, <laughs> okay. So you would, be- why? Why
1: <laughs> I think that would be a good one. That'd be good. I was thinking, you know what else? Even though it wouldn't be a popular like Marie Antoinette, I thought could be based on how they've kind of.
2: Well, you know what? We did her. a we did a makeup a Marie Antoinette makeup in school. So yeah, we like, did that. White powder
0: makeup. type stuff mm-hmm. and all white
2: that. White powder, like yeah. pink pink cheeks, yeah, thin eyebrows, and all that. Yeah.
0: Yo, are you satisfied with that
3: answer?
2: Very <laughs> much so.
1: Thank you, Gina.
3: <laughs> I actually will uh, add here that your question, Neil, was about historical figures, and I believe in the Kennedy-Nixon debate, JFK wore makeup, and Richard Nixon didn't, and that's yep. one of the reasons he won the debate on television, but a lot of people thought he oh. lost it on radio. The physical appearance of JFK yeah. helped win that debate.
1: Yeah. Yep. I was thinking about it. I was also thinking about uh, – I know this is kind of going into another question, but uh, it, also the role of uh, music – Given how what a big fan you are and how knowledgeable you are in the music world, um, how makeup has played a role in music. Everyone will think Kiss, obviously, and that's on a you know a different level of makeup. But I was even even thinking about Elvis when he started performing. He would wear eyeliner, get dramatic effects, and all sorts of um, uh, uh, different usages of uh, makeup for uh, their artistry and their work. Uh, now, Gina, given your you have uh, such a uh, background in, in music uh, do you have any music acts outside of lady gaga that you really like the style and the images of uh, imagery of and particularly with their makeups and uh, makeup and fashion or
2: i mean this is kind of like a given and you i think you know this kind of but even though they don't exist anymore my chemical romance i loved what they did i even though it was so like almost childish in a way their makeup was like it almost looked like there's no effort but every time they did it Like, it just went with whatever they were portraying, whatever album it was. Like, you know what I mean? And I love that. It was, like, a story. Every single album and every single makeup and look had a story. And I love that about people. Like, I like when they do that. And actually, that brings me back to Lady Gaga, too, because that's what she's been doing, too. I mean, she's so out there. And now she's trying to rein it back in and focus just on the music. And, like, that's what she did with her makeup this time around. Like, she was trying to keep it more, less glam. Mm -hmm. um in some aspects and i I like when people dress and do their makeup to their album i know i don't know if that makes sense but it's It's like a sort right yeah yeah that's a
1: great answer
3: uh gina i wanted to um know if you've ever done any makeup on people working at haunted houses during halloween time
2: yes i did um so i worked at brighton asylum and um it not what you would expect i think um it's a, it's not what i expected it's a different type of makeup i don't know how to explain it cuz it's just not as it's more dramatic in the sense of like if I were to show you that person outside of the haunted house, you would be like, Ew, what is that? Who did that makeup? It looks horrible. But in the haunted house, in the lighting and everything like that, right. it's like, oh wow, that looks crazy. So it, oh. it was definitely a learning experience for me because I had to learn a whole nother way of doing special effects makeup. And we had really to like cool. Yeah, and we had to like make things out of like tissue. It was it was a challenge because it was like when you didn't have anything, you just had to figure out how to make cuts and bruise like scars and cuts and Bullet wounds, like from tissue paper and latex, like right. We just learned yep. to just. It was very creative.
3: Gina, what's your favorite My Chemical Romance song, real quick?
2: That's a good um, Famous last words.
3: Oh, great! Great song. answer. Great yep. song. Yeah. Um, Elena
0: and Mama. Mama is my song. favorite song for sure. You know what? Mine is? I just I just listened to what? the other day. What's yours? The Ghost of You.
1: It's a great
2: one. That's a great. A great one. Yeah. I love that video.
3: I do too. That's such a great yeah. video. Yeah. yeah. Oh it's yeah. Awesome.
1: Like World War Two era.
2: Yeah. It's yep, so it's cool. Awesome. Great. And there you go. I love the makeup in that. The hair and the makeup and everything in that one is so awesome.
1: It is. Yeah. Gina, another question I have for you. If you could give the audience one tip that uh, related to makeup that you would say that, or, or a little trick that you've come up with, something that you would say, oh, it may not be on people's radar screens with makeup. If you could give one suggestion, what would it be?
2: Stop following Instagram models. There you go. That's my thing. Less is more. Everyone's trying to over contour and over highlight and overdo their eyebrows and overdo their lips. It's like, be you. Makeup should be an expression of who you are as a person. I guess it's there for your insecurities and to cover up your insecurities. Totally understand that. And there's nothing against that. But I just think that like less is more. You look better. Like I'm not saying don't put full face of foundation on. Do it put your contour and put your highlight, but you don't need to contour your nose every single time you do something. You don't need to contour your chin or overdraw your lips or make yourself have eyebrows that you never had before. Like this less is more because you're beautiful. Just how you are.
1: That's a great answer right there. It is. That was great. Thank you,
3: Gina. Thanks. Gina, is there anything that you'd like to promote tonight in terms of where our listeners can find your work online?
2: Um, Yeah, so there's two ways. Uh, You can either go on Instagram. um, That's for my less professional portfolio. It's uh, M-U-A, Gina C. Or you can go onto my website, which is just my name. So it's www.ginasacala.com. Wonderful. Cicala, Cicala, C-E-C-A-L-A.
0: Okay.
1: We could, we could put links to that as well, Scott, on the, uh, so, uh, the Stuff We Love accounts.
3: We're going to link to that in our show notes. So, um, Gina, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight to talk about your makeup work. This has been really fascinating.
0: Uh, I think that all our listeners will get something out of it. Gina, thank you for coming on the show. That was awesome uh, information. I, I, uh, I learned a lot. I appreciate it.
2: Thank you, guys.
1: Gina, this was great. Thank you so much. I really, really enjoyed this a lot. No, thank it's you Great so work. Much. Seriously, it's great work. I,
3: I love it. Yeah, I, I must say that my wife and I were looking at Gina's work online earlier tonight, and it really is absolutely beautiful. She's a remarkable makeup artist, and uh, I definitely think that all of our listeners should check out her work online. Thanks. So now we're okay. going to turn to our next segment, which Gina will be joining us for as well. Uh, we thought that since Gina's a big music fan, as we all are as well, we would spend just a few minutes talking about several of our most memorable concert experiences that we've had over the years i think we've all been to many concerts on the, when, when i think of the hosts of the show and gina so uh, it's very tough to choose a couple of memorable experiences but uh, i'll start with one as listeners of our show will know i'm a big beatles fan i love the beatles and it was a very big deal for me back in 2002 when i was in school for my senior year of college that paul McCartney went on tour for the first time in several years And he was I went to school down in Maryland and he was coming to play in Washington, D.C. So I went and got tickets to both of the shows, couldn't find anyone to go with me. So I went alone, which is usually the story of much of my college career. (laughs) And uh, I remember the day of the show, I went to D.C. early because I knew that fans gathered by the side of whatever arena Paul McCartney was playing in and they would wait for him to arrive. So I remember getting there at the side of what at the time I think was the MCI Center in D.C., And hanging out, waiting for Paul McCartney's car to pull in. And while we waited, a saxophone player on the street played yesterday, which is a memorable something I remember about that night. And then after waiting there for about an hour, when Paul McCartney's car turned in, somebody jumped in front of me and blocked my view. So (laughs) (laughs) that's the way my evening started. But I remember that night going inside and uh, buying a program and buying souvenirs and sitting. The seats weren't the best, but I remember just being very excited because it was the first time that I ever saw a member of the Beatles in person. And the concert was great. It was a uh, wonderful evening. And that, for me, stands out as one of my most memorable concert experiences. And, uh, Joe, you and I saw Paul McCarty twice together, right? Once in MetLife Stadium and once at City Field. So wonderful times, wonderful times. Uh, Who would like to go? Go ahead, Neil.
1: I would also like to say, uh, uh, even though I wasn't there, Given uh, Gina, uh, how much she loves My Chemical Romance, which is a great band that we all really love, Scott and Joe are on the DVD for one of their concerts, if I recall correctly.
0: Yes, Joe, that you want correct. to tell the audience about that? Sure. That wasn't actually – I wasn't going to use that as my concert experience. Oh, but, great. great. Um, go, go ahead. Oh, oh yeah, no, forgot. this is great. No, I wasn't going to. So this oh, is you weren't going this, to. Uh, this, this is, is a bonus an, concert experience. This is. This is – a concert, My Chemical Romance and Maxwell's at Hoboken. Maxwell's is a club that probably holds about 500 people. Uh, and they were open then at the time They're since closed. Um, and My Chemical Romance was playing a secret show there. And I think I was at work that day trying to get tickets or something. And they just popped up. I grabbed them. And I remember, Scott, I called you right away. We went to the show that night. It was, I think it was October, right before the release of the Black Parade. They actually played a new song from the Black Parade. And I remember somebody yelling out to them, what was that song? Uh when they were done with it because nobody knew what it was.
3: Yeah, and we're on the DVD of that release. And one thing that stands out about that show is the room we went to. So we go into the bar and it's literally just like a bar and they say, okay, the band's going to be in the back room and we go into this room that honestly is not much bigger than the room I'm recording in right now and my Kim took the stage. We were steps away from them. Then people started moshing and I got very nervous. So I went to the back of the room and, but it was a great show. I'll never, and there was a person online with us, Joe, who flew in from England
0: just for that she show. Was, that's, I was just going to say she was from England. She flew in just for that show and she flew back the next day. That was a great line experience because they made us wait probably for about an hour or so before we got into the show. So we were talking to her the whole time. Um, and the only, and I do, I'll never forget that show probably for as long as I live. I mean, we're on the DVD. They released a special set of that. Just to show you how different that show was, the room was probably the size of the, my basement. And um, the next time I saw them was, I think, I think it was at, at Bamboozle. No, John. Uh, no, no, no.
3: I got to correct you. The next time no, we right. saw the them was the, saw next next bon Jovi. The, next the next night. The next night we yes. went to the first show ever at the Prudential Center where they uh-huh. opened up for Bon Jovi and we were in the last row of the upper deck watching yes. my chem after watching them from where feet from
0: the stage. You're right. That was the next night. They, it was the first show Prudential Center, so they won a New Jersey band. Bon Jovi was the headliner, and Mike Kem was the uh, opening act. And the next time I saw them was at Bamboozle with probably about 15,000 people. Yeah. And the time after that, I think, was their own show at, a, at uh, Madison Square Garden. I think we went to that as well, Scott. Yes, opening act uh, was Taking Back and Sunday. Neil, you were there. Yes. It was
3: Neil, Joe, and I and my, and my girlfriend at the time, Allie. And I remember during the show standing up and saying to you three, why don't we dance? And then nobody danced and I felt like a real idiot. So I sat back down.
0: (laughs) That, I believe, was our our year of My Chemical Romance in that one year was all about that. But uh, that Maxwell show, I'll never forget it for as long as I live. So, Joe, tell us about what concert memories were on your list. Uh, So I'll start with, I have two concerts that are on my list. I've probably been to maybe three or four hundred concerts. So it's really hard to narrow it down. Um, But so with the way when I when I looked at this list, I took two concerts that were, I would say, not like special event concerts for me. So the first one I'll talk about is the Live Earth concert. And this took place in 2007 in July. And this was sort of like the next version of Live Aid. It was done by the same people from 1985, that, that benefit concert. This was a benefit concert to get awareness out for. Green Earth, um, you know, uh, save the environment, save the planet type thing. I, I went to the concert with Scott. Uh, we drove up in an SUV. People were not happy with that. <laughs> 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 That's how the concert started for us. The, the concert lineup was basically, at the time, in 2007, a who's who of music at, at the time. So Taking Back Sunday was on the list. Um, Keith Urban, ludicrous, Fallout boy, uh, John Mayer, who was there. Uh, Melissa Etheridge. Um, I can't even remember who else was Kanye West. The headliner was the reunion of the police uh, with Sting. It was, I think it was their first or second performance before they went on this huge tour and this huge reunion tour. And uh, John Mayer and Kanye West came out with Sting and the police, and that was the close of the show. And I just thought it was, It just stands out for me as a concert memory, not because it was the greatest concert I've ever seen. It wasn't for sure, but uh, it was more the fact that it was this concert that was going on. It was taking place all over the world, um, and we went to the New Jersey version of that. It was the only one in America. I just remember that. Joe,
3: as you're talking about that I brought up on my phone, I have a photo album from that day, and the people (laughs) who are listening to it won't fully appreciate it, but here's a photo I snapped of a guy sitting there reading the newspaper during the show.
0: Okay. And yes, I absolutely remember that now. It was a great day. And Scott, do you remember we took a break to go get food? Do you remember who was on stage at the time?
3: That was Melissa Etheridge.
0: Absolutely right.
3: <laughs> yes, we, we we felt that was the time to go take a break.
2: I would agree, probably. <laughs> Come
3: it was, to I my
0: window. When we went to get food, the stands were behind the stage and there was no security. Obviously, a different time. yeah, um, there's you just walked behind there, and then you could see them setting up the stage. We stood there for a while when Melissa Etheridge was playing. obviously we weren't really interested in her. Um, I'm sure she put out a great show, though, so.
3: Yeah, I recently was selling off some of my CDs, and I found my CD and DVD of Liveworth, and I was debating whether or not to keep it, and I looked at the set list. I'm like, this really was terrible, <laughs> so I sold it, <laughs> but it was definitely, Joe, I agree with you, one of the more memorable days I've ever had going to concerts. So It was, uh, a,
0: it was a terrible concert, but it was a great time. Uh, they had a TV special. They had an album and DVD. Uh, it was a good time.
3: Uh, now, so, Gina, let's turn it over to you. Why don't you share one of your concert
0: memories?
2: Um, probably uh, Guns N' Roses. I went with my mom and my younger brother and his girlfriend at the time. <laughs> um, and then my brother and his wife went and my other best friend went, but we all like had separate seats, but we all went together. Um, and I thought it was great. I loved it. I had a great time and it was just to see them like because I grew up listening to them like my family, my parents always used to play them. And I have like very big memories of listening to them like driving from all of our sports because we like lived in the car when we were little. Because we were always going from one person's sport to the next sport to the next sport, and we always were listening to them. That's what my dad, my mom always listened to, and to be there and experience it with my mom. My dad doesn't like to go to concerts like that, and just to be there with her and like I felt like she was like experiencing it, like you know, because she never got to see them when she was younger. So we went, and it was just awesome. It was just awesome, and to actually see everyone actually show up and like play, because I was told like that's not going to happen. No one's gonna they're not all going to show up, and they actually did, and it was amazing. So I would say. I, I, w-
0: I agree that was a great concert and I was on the way there I, I was saying to the person I went with um, that we were going to wait there for three or four hours before yeah. Axel Rose decided to get on stage yeah. and they were on stage right on time it was great of course I parked near the uh, near the way out so I got in and out as soon as I could it was awesome <laughs> best one of the best concerts I've seen in the last couple of years
2: oh yeah definitely. <laughs>
1: For me, I I I have to bring up another DVD memory, which was a very fun experience. Uh, I went with Scott and Joe to this. It was the three of us. Um, We went to see Neil Diamond at MSG when he did his tour, and when I'm a big Neil Diamond fan, and uh, uh, we go there, we had upper deck seats, and while we're going to our seats, there's a person in the uh, the the stairway that said do you guys want to have lower seats right next to the stage so we didn't know if this was a scam or what the deal was and we kind of asked what was going on and they said that they're filming a dvd and they want to fill up the space near the stage so uh they gave us seats, which are literally i think three rows off the stage for neil diamond and uh they filmed the hot august night live in nyc uh uh I forget exactly which year this is. Um, and uh, we were clearly on the DVD there and we, we stayed, I think we're the last people in our section. Uh, uh, and, uh, he was very cool coming up to the crowd after the show, thanking everybody, and as were the uh, members of his band. And it just was a great performance as he always gives, uh, and it just was very memorable. And then to have it on DVD afterwards is, is very very cool. Uh, uh, so I really enjoyed that. Uh, that was a that was a great concert memory. And uh, and when I think about it now, there's also a lot of concerts that you sort of uh, you, I don't want to say take for granted, but there are a lot of performers that you see that a lot of horrible things have happened recently where a lot of performers have gone way too soon. Um, and I was just thinking about, I saw the cranberries in New York city twice and I think they're awesome. And I love them. And, uh, and she, this year, uh, uh that was a terrible loss. And I think about some of the other nineties grunge acts that I really liked a lot where it's just not, you know, I think about some of those concerts now, uh, again, uh, very grateful. That I got to see some of those. And then I also think about, I love jazz. So, New York City has great jazz clubs, and I used to go in a lot at night and just even sometimes by myself, um, um, uh, sometimes by choice, sometimes by, sometimes not, and I would go to uh, some of these jazz clubs. And you think about some of these great, great musicians I played with, whether it be Miles Davis, Coltrane, and even um, – I remember I, I decided one night I, I, I didn't make it in to see David Fathead Newman, who was Ray Charles's. Uh, uh, he played with Ray Charles, um, and he's a great, great, uh, great sax player there. And um, I, I, and he passed away shortly thereafter. And I just, it made me think that it's so important to get the opportunity to see some of these people, just to make sure you get in and see them, especially in an intimate setting like that. So I think about a lot of those memories now. But uh, yeah, Neil Diamond uh, was a. Uh, uh, Definitely, definitely memorable. Especially uh, when he said, "You don't bring me flowers at the table on our side of the stage." was great.
0: Neil, I I remember you were pointing at Neil Diamond, like, you know, we love you, and it was awesome. It was a yep. great concert experience. It
3: was great.
0: So, Scott, who's your? Uh, do one more.
3: Okay, so we'll we'll do one more. Uh, this is a lot shorter than my first one. I went uh, years ago to the. Uh, garden state art center to see john fogarty and willie nelson in concert and during john fogarty said he said i was i had great seats right by the side of the stage and he said i have someone backstage with a guitar who wants to come on and sing a song and then bruce Springsteen came on right there right in front of me which was unexpected and a surprise and i think they sang long tall sally the little richard song but yep, awesome. um, so that was that was a memory i'm not Sure, I'm getting that song right, but anyhow, that's my second concert memory out of many.
0: That's awesome. That's a that's a great memory. Thank you, Joe. Uh, I will do another one that actually this was one of the greatest concerts I've ever seen for a number of reasons. In uh, 2001, in September, right before the uh, September 11th attacks, I went to see the Michael Jackson 30th anniversary concert at Madison Square Garden, uh, and he did two concerts. The second one was the last concert he ever did in America. And I went to the first one, of course, which I've heard wasn't as good, but I couldn't (laughs) tell. It was one of the greatest concerts I've ever seen. And when he came out on stage, he played with the Jacksons. uh, So they had like a reunion of the Jacksons, which was just awesome. And then he came out by himself and did, uh, you know, some of his solo hits. And I completely understand why people go crazy over him and why they were passing out in the audience in the 80s and 90s. And uh, it. It was just one of the most unbelievable things I've ever seen with the atmosphere, the way people were cheering and uh, just seeing him on stage, you know, do Michael Jackson songs in a Michael Jackson concert was just it was unbelievable. So and then there was a, so many other parts of that concert. Marlon Brando came out and gave some odd speech, uh, which they call on Wikipedia humanitarian speech. But <laughs> they cut it out of the TV special because it was just very odd. Um, he didn't do that the second night. But uh, just things like that and they had a huge number of artists come out usher came out and did some michael jackson songs um you know all kinds of artists at the time it was just a great concert and i'll never forget seeing michael jackson in concert i thought it was great awesome gina
2: i think going to concerts by yourself like you're saying that you've done you did that i love that i think that's one of my favorite things to do so like that's something that i think is one of my memories like every time i go to a concert by myself it ends up being the best concert i've been to i have more fun at those concerts than i do when i with people sometimes and one thing I did actually do that brings back to like um, I went to MTV video music Awards and oh, yeah. yeah. concert but um Justin Timberlake was getting an award for I don't know one of the whatever that Michael Jackson award is that they the video
0: made. Vanguard awards
2: yeah award. that's what you just reminded me of it and in sync came out and like uh, for me awesome because I saw them when I was little that was my first ever concert. So yeah. for me, it was, like, incredible. Like, everyone, you know, everyone expected it, but no one knew it was going to happen. And to be there and be that close, because we were in the pit, so to be that close to see him, Justin Timberlake, which I've seen him before, um, and he's an incredible performer, and then to see him with Sync as, like, adults and, like, just doing it again, it was just, like, I totally fangirled out. And I was by yeah. myself, and I loved every minute of it, and it was amazing, and I'll never forget it. And I know it's not really, like, a concert, but it basically was, because he was performing for, like, Ever by him, I felt like by himself, and it was awesome. So I
3: remember watching that. That's that's
2: great. Yeah, yeah, so, it was
3: awesome. Uh, I just have a quick story to tell related to that. First of all, so Gino, you were at the VMAs that year.
2: Yeah.
3: Very cool. Very cool. Awesome. I think it was the same night that at around two in the morning he played a show at the Roseland Ballroom because I was there yes. for that.
0: You yes, know that? that was the night. That was the that night. That was
3: the night, Scott. That okay. And a concert memory I have of that night is before the show started, I went with my friend Danielle. And before the show started, somebody had an empty beer can that he chucked and it hit me right in the eye and literally like rolled down the <laughs> side of my face. Didn't hurt me at all because of the angle it hit me at. So that's a concert memory.
2: Okay, I- really cool concerts. Take me to these smaller places. I always like to see everyone in massive arenas.
3: Uh, Gina listen I'm married now So I do absolutely nothing
0: <laughs> So Yes I, I just checked That was the night Scott And I, I The reason I know that Is because I think It was either the day After or the day before I went to see him At Starland Ballroom And you couldn't go For some reason I don't remember why And I couldn't go The the next night But um, So it was that night That's a great memory Great memories
3: So Neil let's, uh, let's conclude this segment By having you share Another concert memory
1: Sure I would say Uh Uh Joe reminded me that right after 9 11, I saw Ray Charles in Newark, really? and he played "America the Beautiful" there, and they put the American flag down, and it was very, very emotional. And I just uh, his version is so fantastic of that um, that it really just hit a chord with uh, uh, what was going on at the time. And and then uh, in terms of also just seeing a concert that I thought. Uh, where where the artist really was very just he was very open and emotionally vulnerable and really connected with the audience in a Special way is that when I saw Vince Gill and he really opened up about the meanings behind all of his songs uh, And I guess also that his voice and the, the way he you know, the way he sings it just really left an impact on me uh, uh, Those two concerts I'd say um, so those are two uh, two other memories that I, I remember from the uh, concert going experiences
3: Great choice great choices if Thank any you. of our listeners want to write in and share their memorable concert experiences, we love to hear it. So now we're going to move on to our most popular segment of the show, which is our Stuff We Love segment.
0: Let's talk about some stuff we love.
3: Uh, Neil, why don't you start us off this week? What is something that you love right now?
0: Okay,
1: so the thing that I love right now is actually, um, uh, I don't own it myself yet, HomePod. I love that. I love that it connects right to Apple Music, which I'm a big fan of. Um, so, I, And I think it's the sound quality is great on it, and I, 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 I'm really enjoying it a lot.
3: Uh, I'll go next, I guess. My Stuff We Love ties into one of my answers for the concert segment. Uh, as part of the Paul McCartney tour that I saw back in 2002, he released a companion CD and DVD. It's called Back in the U.S. The CD is great. The DVD is honestly fair because it's not just a straight-out concert. He intersperses it with... Fan stories and things like that, which to me are okay, but I'd rather just see at least a straight out concert But he sounds great on that tour and he does a lot of songs. He hadn't done in quite some time So back in the u.s. Paul McCartney is my stuff. We love Joe,
0: Okay, Uh, for my stuff. We love this episode I'm going to go a little bit different not related at all to music uh, And say it that i'm gonna pick the eagle creek packet cube set and this is packing cubes uh, that you put in your suitcase, you can put clothes into these cubes. It keeps them organized. You can push them down to uh, compress the clothes so that you have more space in your pack in your suitcase when you go on trips. Uh, and I picked the Eagle Creek Packet Tech set because it's lighter than almost any other packing cube. Which, of course, as anyone knows when they travel, is uh, a big concern uh, when you're when you're talking about weight in suitcases. So, if anyone is interested in traveling, I'll put this on the website as well. The Eagle Creek Packet Tech. Cube set, which is the name for it, uh, I highly recommend if anyone wants to keep organized while traveling.
3: Is it available on
0: Amazon? It is on Amazon. I just sent you the link so you can put it on the website. Cool. Gina? Nice.
2: Right now, I am obsessed. I won't even say love. Obsessed with um, this new album, Scotty McCreary. Just came out. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to see him tomorrow night. Oh, wow. That's the, the stuff we love. I love that right now. Yeah, it's really good.
0: Great choice. Yeah.
3: Great choice. Okay. So we want to thank everyone for tuning into this week's episode. I'm just going to take a moment to tell you where you can find us on social media. We are on Twitter at StuffWeLovePod, on Instagram at StuffWeLovePodcast. We have a Facebook page and encourage everyone to go like it. We have a website, StuffWeLovePodcast.com. On this page, you can learn more about the hosts of the show and visit our products page, if you see a link to an Amazon product on there, if you click the link, even if you don't buy what we link to, it still helps out the show. So we encourage you to go check that out. You could uh, email us, podcast at gmail.com. And please go on iTunes and leave us those five-star reviews. We really appreciate that. The show is doing very well, and it's continuing to grow. And uh, we are always looking to add more subscribers. So uh, once again, thank you, Gina, for coming on the show tonight. This was great. And Thanks, we're Thanks, gonna- Gina. Oh, Thank yeah. Thank
2: you great. for having me.
3: Of course. Of course. And now uh, let's go around and uh, just say who we are one more time. I am Scott. I'm Joe. I'm Neil.
2: I'm Gina.
3: And this has been the Stuff We Love podcast.